Hello and welcome back to episode 2 of the Riley Breakfield Show. I'm obviously your host, the wonderful and beautiful Riley Breakfield. I know I'm not beautiful, it's okay. Whatever. <clears throat> Anyways, welcome back. If you listen to episode 1, thank you for listening to number 1. I know it wasn't the best, the audio was a little messed up, but I appreciate you listening. Um, so Hopefully everyone's here for episode 2, you know. Let's keep growing the fan base if we can. Let's go. So let's get into it. Hmm. Kind of going to try to sh- lay out how I want each show to kind of run starting today, you know. Going to kind of have it more more laid out and kind of hopefully stick with that system moving down the road. This is probably going to start off like a little new segment here. Just kind of what's been going on in the sports world or just world in general that I care to talk about or have any thoughts about. Um, left tackle Tyron Smith for the Dallas Cowboys uh, got injured. It was originally as a hamstring injury, but then it came out as a evolution fracture. Not really sure what that is, but it's kind of a kind of a big hit for a Cowboys team that's been known for having a solid offensive line. You know, he's been a cornerstone. I think he might even you know, he's made a couple of Pro Bowls. Probably even made a All Pro team once or twice. Um, it's definitely a big blow for them, especially especially for a team that I don't think it's going to be as ex, ex, explosive on offense as they have been in past years. You know, not not having Amari Cooper, I think, is actually going to show a big a big toll on that offense. And now not having arguably, well, Zach Martin's probably their best offensive lineman. Your second best offensive lineman, or possibly out for the year, could be very damaging for the Cowboys this year. Uh, Pat Beverly gets, got traded to the Lakers today for Taylor Horner Tucker and Stanley Johnson. And let me tell you, I cannot wait for that shit show to begin. We have Pat Beverly, Russell Westbrook, that in of itself has been a feud that's been going on for years and years. I remember playoff games where they were barking at each other. Kind of the same person in my my opinion as far as their attitude goes and just their their attitude. Oh, yeah, I guess just their attitude. They're, they're kind of the same person. You know, they're mean, they're rugged, they're tough, they, they're physical. So I'm interested to see if they're both sticking around because I heard there has been reports that Russell Westbrook might be heading out the door, but we'll just have to see what See what happens there. And then you got Pat Bev and LeBron. I know Pat Bev's been barking at LeBron for years. You know, Pat Bev is literally a pit bull, and that dude is always up in somebody's face. I'm just excited. I hope that Russ is staying. You know, to see a team with Pat Bev, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. You know, I I re I didn't retweet. I tweeted a clip today of uh, Pat Bev a month or two ago saying that if he joined the Lakers with the existing team right now, they'd be a Western Conference Finals team. So, very interested, very curious to see if that comes true. If not, that's going to be freezing cold takes green. Um, Sticking with basketball, KD staying with the Nets. They, they finally worked their little drama out. Also, I'm excited for that. You know, I think the Nets with a healthy KD, a healthy Kyrie, healthy Ben Simmons, I mean, that's a that's a top team in the NBA, in my opinion. Well, not the NBA, sorry. I'd say the Eastern Conference, at least. You know, that's, that's a lot of talent. You know, Kyrie and KD, they are two of the best basketball players in the NBA. Very skillful guys, you know. I mean, they can carry a team, but having the extra piece, you know, if they get stuff with Ben Simmons figured out, even another piece of the puzzle just blossoming, you know. So, very excited to see see them hopefully work out this year, get everybody healthy. Like I said, I mean, they could easily be in the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, if not the Finals. They're that good of a team. 
the East is just stacked. It just kind of it's going to be who's having the better day kind of series. Chet Holmgren, he's out for the season. If you're not familiar, he got hurt in uh, Jamal Crawford's pro am over the weekend. Krasova, um, LeBron James was playing in it. Jason Tatum, obviously Chet, and quite a few other NBA stars just don't have the list here in front of me. But uh, I think LeBron was driving on him early in the game, and Chet fell down and hurt his ankle. So he's he's out. So that'll be uh, be interesting to see what happens there. It could kind of turn into a 76er situation where all their top lottery picks just keep getting hurt every year. So that would be that would be the worst nightmare for the Thunder, I'm sure. But they do have draft picks stocked up. And then I don't know if you're familiar. Um, with what's been going on with Kobe Bryant's wife, Vanessa Bryant. She uh, was awarded $16 million for first responders taking photos of dead bodies. I don't know if you remember at all, but uh, there was cops that were on the scene there early on that uh, were taking pictures. They were being shown around the station, and I believe they even slipped out online. That's just messed up in the first place. I mean, I can't imagine seeing a dead body for one, but taking a picture, and I feel like that picture would haunt me forever. That's just kind of gross and disgusting. Good for her, you know, kind of one more big step to letting that go in a sense because that's just some fucked up shit by whoever did that, you know. So now I want to introduce a new segment that I'm going to have on every Friday show, calling it One Love, One Hate, you know, just kind of showcasing one thing I love and one thing I want to spotlight, and then obviously something I hate, you know, and the hate's probably more than likely just going to be me ranting for about something that probably no one else gives a shit about, but I want you to, or I need you to, kind of thing, you know? So, I would really appreciate that, I guess. <clears throat> so, for this week, for one love, I'm shutting out and loving on cheeseburgers. I'm thinking about cheeseburger right now. I've been thinking about cheeseburger all day, all week. I'm never not thinking about cheeseburgers, and there's never a bad time for cheeseburgers. I don't care if it's Hardee's, Sonic, Jack in the Box, McDonald's, Burger King, Five Guys, in and out even stuff I never had, like in and out hearted. The list goes on and on. There is never a bad time for a cheeseburger. See, there is a difference, though. I prefer a fast food cheeseburger over a burger at some restaurant chain. Just something about those ones. Like, yeah, every now and then you get a good one. But a fast food cheeseburger, you cannot go wrong. Just the, the fucking goodness it puts in my mouth. Oh, I love it. You know, like I said, there's never a bad time. Could have just lost your job. You know what? Cheeseburger. Make you feel better. Your dog could have just died. You know what? A cheeseburger. Make you feel better. Your girlfriend cheated on you. DP style. You know what's going to make you feel better? A cheeseburger. You can get a promotion at your job. What makes the day even better? A fucking cheeseburger. You can get engaged. You know what makes the day better? A cheeseburger. And you know when it's best? When you smoke that joint and you go get a fucking cheeseburger. There's never a bad time for cheeseburgers. I love cheeseburgers. I want one. Because you know what? As soon as I get done recording, we're going to go get a cheeseburger. I'm going to go get a cheeseburger. And now, for my rant of the week and my hate of the week. It goes out to a special group of people. They're real, real, real clean cut, you know? Catholic in them. Goes out to Notre Dame football and Notre Dame fans. Mostly the fans. You know, the kids, they're just doing it to get to the league or 
that they're to go to school actually or just play ball. It's not about them. It's about their Looney Tune band of fans. They're fucking insane. They're upset. Brian Kelly just left them. The wound still still isn't healed. It's been almost nine months now. I don't know who the guy was, but he went on some rant saying about how Brian Kelly isn't gonna win down here because can't recruit a whole it's just been he can't recruit. He's not a good coach. He's not a good coach in the big games. How's he gonna stock up with the SEC games every weekend? It's because he's not at Notre Dame anymore. I don't know all the requirements, but I've been told that Notre Dame has weird scholarship requirements and stuff like that. So you can't always get the best of the best. You can't get the guys to go to Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, LSU. You can't always get those guys. But I think there's some grade requirement. I think you probably have to be Catholic. Wouldn't surprise me. But these fucking fans are so sad that they got left. They've never been left before. So I don't I don't think that's something you can do in the Catholic or religion without letting the priest touch you. I don't think you can get divorced or leave your husband or wife without the priest touching you. I'm pretty sure that's how it is. I'll have to fact check that. So they don't know what it's like to be left. They don't know what it's like to be hurt. Apparently they've never had a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever leave them. They almost sometimes remind me of that guy in those high school movies, the loved ones, you know, where she has to break up with the boyfriend to find who she really is and she dates this skater dude. But she reminds me of the star jack. They remind me of the star athlete. Everything's going for him. He seems like it, everything's perfect. But really, they're nothing. There's nothing to them. Nothing good about them. They're just fucking boring. And that's what Notre Dame is. They're boring. They've been boring. They haven't been relevant until Brian Kelly was the coach. In his 12 years there, he had seven 10-win seasons. In his 12 years there. 12 years before him, the program had two 10-win seasons. He had eight 9-win seasons. And five 9-win seasons were there before him. And if you're not familiar, eight and four or nine and three, you know, finishing like that, that's a good season, but it's not a great season. A 10 win season, that's when you're like, oh, that was a really good year. Probably finished inside the top 10, you know, maybe won a conference championship game, something like that. 10 wins is usually perfect. You did it, awesome. Ryan Kelly did that seven times in the 12 years that he was there. In the 12 years before, I think there was three coaches that did it two times. Two 10-win seasons. That's a huge difference. This man turned that program around. He turned them in from a sorry excuse of a program back into the national spotlight. They lost a national championship game, and they've been to the playoff twice because of Ryan Kelly. Before he got there, they hadn't been in the top 10 since 2005. I don't even know if you can count that year because they were ninth in the AP and 11th in the coaches. So there's a little bit of argument there that it's 10 or that it's 9, 11, you know, 10 to split the difference. Brian Kelly got the national championship in his third season there. And that was in 2012. And if you don't want to count the 2005 season, the last time they were in the AP poll or just ranked in the coaches, whatever it is, top 10, wasn't 
from 1993. 1993, 2005, that's a big gap. 05, 2012, that's not that bad. But if you don't want to count 05, 93 to 2012, they weren't ranked inside the top 10. You're not that good of a program. Brian Kelly made you a good program. Maybe last time they were good before him was Lou Holtz. His old ass. When he was a coach. That's the last time they were good. Let it go. You're not a you're not a star program because you're Notre Dame. That whatever that was, that's faded. No one gives a shit about Notre Dame other than Notre Dame and their fans. Nobody fucking likes them outside themselves. You can't go around saying Brian Kelly's a bad coach either. Because at the stop before he went to Notre Dame, he was at Cincinnati for three seasons. 10-3, and 11-3, 12-0. Second season, he won the Big East. Third season, he won the Big East again. He didn't coach the bowl game because he was off to Notre Dame, like coaches do. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But they were ranked number four in the country that year. Before they lost the Fiesta Bowl to Florida, they were ranked fourth. If there would have been a playoff, he would have had them in the playoffs. Cincinnati, yes, the team that made it last year, the team that was really good. Cincinnati is a very solid program. Brian Kelly was one of those coaches that turned it into that. Because before he was there, Mark D'Antoni was there. He was 8-5 and five the season before. Brian Kelly is the head coach, 10-3, and 11-3. He elevated the program again. And the year after he left, Cincinnati was 4-8. and eight. He made that program. He turned Cincinnati into something while he was there. Just like he did at Notre Dame. Get over yourselves. You're a sorry fucking shitty program. And you're not shitty. You guys are a good program. But stop thinking you can hang with the big dogs. Because you can't. Because Brian Kelly's gone. And I think Marcus Freeman's going to be a great coach. But he ain't BK. And BK's going to win a fucking national championship. Maybe even two. Before you guys ever sniff another one. And I know that for a damn fact. Fuck you, Notre Dame. So then, after my rant, which will be about so many things, so many things I love and hate, I move to the main focus of the show, which today's is college football, so just previewing the big games this weekend. If you're not a fan, turn it off. If you're a fan, stick around. You might like what I have to hear. Might give you a little bit of gambling advice. Might be just what you need. Kind of highlighting my five favorite games that I'm excited to watch this weekend. First off, I talked about it last week, the Nebraska-Northwestern one. I'm just really interested to see both sides of this because Pat Fitzgerald's kind of getting left behind. He's been at Northwestern, I think, damn near 17 years now, if I remember correctly. And he's put Northwestern on the map. He's turned them into a quite respectable program. They've they've still had their up and downs. You know, go look at his coaching record year by year on Wikipedia. It's up and down. But he's always been able to recruit very talented players gets hard work out of his athletes. You know, he has two two solid running backs this year, Cam Porter and Evan Hall. That should be the main focus of their offense, and I bet I bet it's going to be a very good rushing attack, I hope, I hope for their sake. But, you know, they're kind of getting counted out because of all this Nebraska hype, but Matt Fitzgerald has done a hell of a job at Northwestern, and he, he might have a good year this year. Highly doubtly, highly doubt that, Jesus. But we'll see. But on the other side, you have Nebraska, Scott Frost, He's been shit since he's been there, but he's an offensive mastermind. He brought in Mark Whipple, who's also offensive mastermind. Can it finally 
be good. Scott Frost, before he's at Nebraska, first off, he is the OC at Oregon. I think with Mariota and stuff like that. Hell of a job there. Went to UCF. Hell of a job there. Won a national championship because they went undefeated that year. Hell of an offense. He finally gets the Nebraska job. The job where he was a star quarterback and the offense is shitty. Is it him? Or was it fellow transfer quarterback, Adrian Martinez? What was it? We're going to find out. But see, he brings in talented offensive coordinator, Mark Whipple. Mark Whipple brought Kenny Pickett to a first-round pick last year. Mark Whipple did that. He helped turn Kenny Pickett into the best quarterback in college football. If not, you know, top five at least last year. Very good, right? Now he's got Casey Thompson to work with. Transfer quarterback from Texas. He had he kind of got a bad shake there, I'd say. But he's got a chance here at Nebraska to turn it all around for him. Boom. Just like last year, Mark Whipple, Kenny Pickett. Mark Whipple, Casey Thompson. Maybe. Maybe not. I'm excited to see it. I think it's going to be a very good game. The defense for Nebraska is also very solid. They're very good last year. They have them in a lot of games. So we'll see. I'm def- That's probably the one I'm most excited for. Another one I'm very excited for is UConn versus Utah State. UConn heading all the way up to Utah State for that game. Utah State won the Mountain West Conference last year and could do it again this year. They have a very fucking talented quarterback, Logan Bonner. Kid's a stud. I'm excited to see if they can keep moving in the up projection. Or I don't think I'm saying that right. I don't care. He's very good. The offense is very good. Defense returns a couple guys. You know, if they step up, they could be even better. They could be a team by the end of the year. We've seen in the top 20. You're like, oh, oh, wow. You thought they had a good year. Stay up, watch their games. This one against UConn should be, I don't, it'll probably be a blowout. The spread, the, the spread right now is 27, so kind of big. But the reason I'm highlighting it, I mean, there's not a lot of good games this first week, but I'm kind of interested to see what UConn's going to look like. If you're not familiar, Jim Mora, he's their new head coach. After Randy Etzel, I believe, led the team for the past two years. You know, they, they didn't play it all during the COVID year. They got nothing no champions for that. But he had a shit year last year. They fired him. They brought in Jim Mora. Jim Mora, if you're not familiar, coached Michael Vick to the NFC Championship game. And then, obviously, everything happened with Michael Vick fell apart. But he was the head coach. Michael Vick was balling out. Then he was the head coach at UCLA from... 2012 to 16 or 17, I believe. I can't remember exactly. But in his first couple of years there, UCLA was really highly ranked, playing really good ball. A lot of talented players came through there at his time. He's a very good coach. He always starts off very well and ends shit. So kind of curious to see if he's going to start off shit and end well or if UConn's going to be kind of back in the right direction. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that they were playing in the Fiesta Bowl and were Big East champs. So we'll see what happens there. Another one for me, Wyoming, Illinois. Brett Belma, you know, back in the Big Ten, taking over Illinois. They beat Nebraska last year, week zero, then kind of fell apart. But they're a good team, I think. Belma lost a couple guys, but he's got a couple new faces in, you know, a couple couple talented athletes back. Should be fun to see if he can get the fight in Illini, moving in the right direction. You know, he brought in Barry Looney Jr. from uh, UTSA down there in Texas, San Antonio, if you're not familiar. He... He was their offensive corner, I believe, last year. Got got UTSA going in the right direction. Their offense was spectacular, so should be cool to see if he can do the same at a you know a bigger program. They do 
they do lose quite a bit of guys, so it'll be interesting to see. You know, going up against the Wyoming team where head coach Craig Bowl started off the North Dakota State dynasty. Now he's been at Wyoming for quite a few years. He's had a lot of really good players come through. He also has a lot of hard, tough-working kids. It's going to be very fun to see if he can get things going in the right way. Well, I mean, he has. I guess I'm I'm more excited to see if he still has those talented athletes in the building and if they can beat a Big Ten team like Illinois, who's good but not that good. It just should be a good game. I'm excited to see it. All right, another one to kind of fit in the top five because ain't shit going on. North Carolina, bringing Florida A&M to home. I just want to see if Matt Brown can get things going to where they were supposed to be, you know, a couple of years ago. Everyone's like, North Carolina, North Carolina, North Carolina, North Carolina. Sam Howell was a stud. Everything was just going the right way. I mean, there's a very good chance North Carolina, if things would have went their way last year, they could have been in the college football playoff because they had the, they had one of the best teams in the ACC. They just squandered every chance they had. You know, with the down Clemson, they just couldn't get it done. But they have two very good quarterbacks, in my opinion. Drake May, the younger brother of Luke May, with that game-winning shot against Kentucky a few years back. And then Jacoby Criswell as well. Kind of a toss-up in the air right now. I'd be surprised if Chriswell doesn't win. He's just the older one. He's a junior. But I feel like he doesn't get it. He's going to transport her. He's going to be a highly sought-after guy. But just kind of excited to see if North Carolina can get things moving back in the right direction. And then my last one is uh, Vanderbilt in Hawaii. Vanderbilt, SEC school, heading out to the island. You know, Vanderbilt's the bottom of the barrel in the SEC. Still an SEC team. Still recruit decently well. They still recruit some guys, you know. But, man, am I, if I was them, I'd be worried. You know, they're favored to win, which is it's always weird when you see Vanderbilt favored to win. Hawaii is kind of going through a little bit of a rebuild. New head coach, lost quite a few guys. But, man, I tell you what, something about that island, something about that island, something weird always happens. I remember many young nights of my life staying up late, watching a Hawaii game, pulling off some upset. They're just, something always happens on the island. I would be very surprised if something. Hawaii's going to be close, taking that plus eight and a half spread or whatever it is. That's for damn sure. But uh, thank you for tuning in to Friday's episode. Really appreciate you sticking around. Hopefully you come back again. So uh, like, share, subscribe, send to your mother, your father, your grandmother. You know, send it to send it to that person that you want to be friends with. It could be guy or girl. You just want to be friends. You don't want to make love. Nothing like that. You genuinely just want to be friends. You know, a dude that you see doing all the shit that you want to do. You want to kind of get in his world. Or your girlfriend has a friend. And her, She has a boyfriend, and you guys need to be friends. Say, hey, dude, my homie, Riley Brakefield, just spits mad facts on this podcast that he just started. Check it out. Boom. Friendship. And if you're, you know, maybe it's your girls. You're like, you know, I really want to get into college football for my boyfriend. And then you're, but you're like, he already listens to the show, so I'm going to send it to... Oh, this girl that I want to be friends with and go get drinks with and shit. And she's got a boyfriend, too. Send it to somebody. Spread the love. I appreciate you tuning in. Your boy Titties is out.